Welcome to episode 625 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, Tim, welcome along to episode 625 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Owls. How you going, mate? I am very good, Bevan. Yourself? Good new jacket, mate. Um, no, it's not too new. Bellwether. Love it. Bellwether? Yeah. It's a brand. Yes. Never heard of it. It's very nice. Oh, it, looks, it looks very nice. It's nice and cosy. I'm actually a little bit overdressed, say, Bevan. I was getting a little hot and a little sweaty in here. Not sitting next to me, mate. Beautiful, another beautiful day. Weather report today. It's clear and sunny and fairly warm. It's been a funny few days actually because we had a beautiful day on Saturday, and I saw mm-hmm. on Facebook oh, yeah. the lovely photos of the family. Yes, a few people commented on that. I'm not a big Facebooker, and all of a sudden people go, "Oh, what's going on here?" Now you're suddenly yeah. hooked on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going back and checking all the time. It's a beautiful walk there. I love that top of that walk. You got the photo where you're looking over the Port Hills and you can see Christchurch. It's so. so we walked up Mount Herbert, which is the highest. Yeah, mount, mountain you'd call it in our sort of little area. It only takes us 30 or 40 minutes to get there and you go from zero to 919 metres elevation. How long did it take? Uh, up and down was, including stops, just under six hours. Nice. Solid. Look bit of mud. family day. Yeah, bit of mud. It was good Good stuff. Good times, John. Okay, I'm talking proudly brought to you by... Extreme Endurance. Galactic Buffer. And our patrons. And name a couple of Jombos. We've got Jonathan the Squeeze Huddleston. We've got John Mincer Muncy. Met the Mincer over in Canada this the year. Mincer, he loves it. Yep. And James Dirty Dog Spence. Dirty Dog, you dirty dog. That's Joe's new favourite saying. I like that. <laughs> and this week's show, we've got a bit of a traditional show, John. We've got uh, news. We've got a discussion of the week. We have an age grouper of the week. Or we've got, we're going to choose a couple of age groupers of the week. We've got a high five. We have. See, Ms. Creepers got a little interview. We have. I did a short interview with Lucy Gossage. I thought, better get her on the show. She won Ironman UK last week. Domination weekend. of the dojo. Complete domination. Uh, and also she's won some other races. And we know, we've spoken a number of times that she's been back working. So I just was keen to hear a little bit about that. Uh, website of the week, Wanger of the Week, questions and answers. And that's pretty much the show. Uh, just We actually just finished recording our interview for Legends of Bob Babbitt. Now we've got two Legends show. They aren't coming out this week because I'm moving. <laughs> and I've got a lot on my plate. It ain't happening this week. So over the next... Probably next week we'll release one of the Legends show, and then we'll release one probably in a month from there as well. But um, we're getting back on the on, Bob's great. Yep, he is. And that's the thing. The Legends show from now on is going to come out sporadically, basically. I keep putting my feelers out there, and when i got somebody, well, we get someone, we, we get we're getting it. Yep. It's coming out. It's a white belt like that. Okay, uh, results. We had It was a big weekend for the ITU this weekend. We had lots of racing, all the age group champs and stuff, and we had the long course championships. And... Uh, Great girl, females race, absolutely brilliant. Hallie Fredrickson took that out in 5 hours 49. So in the ITU long distance, they swim 3Ks, bike 121Ks and run 30Ks. So it's that's the old Nice distance, although Nice, I think, used to be a 4K swim. Um, if you remember back in the day, there was sort of Nice versus Kona and Nice was run by one TV company and Kona was sort of the other. Uh, so it's a, uh, it's a distance I really like. It's a bit longer than a half, but it's not quite an Ironman, and so I quite like it. It was interesting reading the race report and Hallie was saying, that she was really trying to break away from was it Anna who got second Anna Luxford yeah and, and she Barbara was trying to break Veros. away from her because she knew Annabelle had the better run but 
in the end she actually ran away from her as well. So was, I think she was probably talking about Barbara Riveros, who's okay. a former ITU girl, uh, and it was close racing. It only ended up being you know a couple of minutes in it. Annabelle Luxford was in third place, Camilla Peterson in fourth. So as I kind of predicted last week, I thought it would be uh, some of the hometown heroes really getting amongst it, and also the females' race was uh, it was a good one, a lot closer. The guys' race, um, not as many big names. A uh, guy who I've, to be honest, never heard of before, pa- Pablo de Pina Gonzalez from Spain, took that out in 5 hours and 19 minutes. He ran away from Rudy Wilde, which is no mean feat because Rudy Wilde is a very good quality athlete. And then Rudy Wilde just hung on to second place uh, by 14 seconds in front of Marco Albert, former Ironman New Zealand winner. Yeah, we've heard of him in a while, have we? No. So he's sort of there or thereabouts, but he, I, th- I thought after Ironman New Zealand he might have kicked on. Uh, so look, the ITU long distance world champs, it, you know, I don't want to downplay people's performances here, but it is like a good 70.3 field rather than a uh, world championship sort of. But it's really uh, interesting, and you bring this point up next. So you brought up the prize money for this championship, and so the overall prize money basically is eighty thousand dollars. And it's really interesting. We're not getting a higher quality field because if we compare that to the 70.3, where most 70.3s have fifteen to twenty-five. Now the championships, I wonder. Championships what is really good prize money. Yeah. So, but you think that most athletes who are thinking, well, I must go to the world champs do that it's a much better prize money yeah I mean are you going for a potential world title and it pays 15 deep pays 15 deep you might get some support from your national federation probably not but you might do if you're a a pro you might I'd say probably in most instances probably not but still you're racing for your country and and as I said prize money 10,000 first 8,642 to 2008, 2004. So, you know, you're finishing in seventh place, $2,000. You're probably going to be, you know, covering your expenses. Whereas you finish, you know, outside the top three at a 70.3, you'll be struggling to, to cover your expenses. So. And let's be honest, because Macca won this, didn't he? Remember, yeah, Macca has won it, Crowey's won it, yeah. um, Rachel Joyce has won some, it. Some great, two great champions. The thing is, for your marketability as an athlete, to say you've been a world, world championship, champion. there is value to that. And, yeah. and sure, maybe in our world, we know this isn't quite the same as winning the World 70.3 Championships or a Kona or an Olympic gold medal. But at the same time, if you're going to sponsors and stuff like that, having that world championship banner does help you. And, and you know, you are a business, so mm. it's a good strategy. So it's really been part of a whole big week of racing over there in Denmark. They had the long distance world champs, they had the cross triathlon world champs, they had the standard duathlon champs, they had a duathlon relay, and they had an aquathon. There's quite a lot of prize money on the table across all these events. You know, the cross triathlon, you win 4750 pays 10 deep. The standard duathlon, 7500 and it pays 15 deep. Granted, you're only getting 150 bucks for 15th place, still. but still... And then, uh, and then the Aquathon, this prize money, as is the, the duathlon relay. You get 4,500. I didn't even know there was a duathlon relay there. So, uh, yeah, just a quick quick summary of the cross triathlon because we had a Kiwi do well there. Um, we had Ruben Rizarov uh, take it out in two hours and six minutes, just ahead of Sam Osborne, a Kiwi fella, and Bryce Dubot from France in third. And then on the female side in the cross triathlon, which is, you know, exterior style racing we had the poms uh, dominating the dojo with uh, Leslie Peterson taking it out at oh she's gonna be turn, she's either turned or turning 40 this year she took it out in two hours 27 in front of Nicole Waters and uh, Walters and Eleonora Piracini from Italy in third place good old Nick Rose nosy Rosie 
Nick knows well, the Emerald, Rose. Well, the as yeah. he's officially called, he's sent through a good race report from I'm in UK. He's got Cook Roundup. I was on the bike lead for the males today, so I got to see a lot of the insides of the race. Non-wetsuit swim for the pros, wetsuit for the age groupers. Still a uh, cool start, but very hot towards the mid-afternoon with no real wind to help. The non-wetsuit pro swim meant that the top age groupers were pretty competitive in the swim as the pros only got a slight head start in UK. For the pros, Blaze Blazes Chalk. Yep. Uh, came out 51 minutes to the lead of the following swimmers of Simon Coltrane. Um, Cochrane, sorry, at 53 in Fraser Cartmel, then and Mark Dulson, both at 250 behind, and Joe Skipper, 325 onto the bike. It was a short, it was cut short by 17 miles due to the recent fires in the area, and a new course was announced just a few days before the event to go around the affected areas. And there was a bit of a stink about that on the internet. It was a bit of a tough one, wasn't it? It was. I mean, God, you can't you, you can't, can't blame, blame the, the organisers yeah. for having to cut a bike short because of a forest fire. So yeah. give them a break. Uh, at 55Ks, Chuckley had a bike accident on the right-hand bend and relinquished the lead, taking no further part in the race. Mm. By the halfway point, Mark Yulson had taken the bike lead. Fraser Cartmel had moved into second with Joe Skipper and a first-year pro, Henry Iving, uh, from my coach's squad, advancing into third and fourth, respectively. By the close of the shortened bike leg, Mark Jewelson started the run 3.22 ahead of Joe Skipper and 5.13 back from Henry Iving. Um, Irvine, sorry. Uh, the run stayed that way until the 26k in the run where Joe Skipper took the lead and never looked back. Uh, fast chasing Fabian Rahn, uh, overtaking Henry Irvine with 6k to go to take the third spot. So Joe did a, a 7.55. Well, yeah, but with a, with a massively short True. bike ride. True. So, But he did run, you know, in terms of the splits, you had uh, Fabian Rahn in third place uh, in 8.18. Not that the total times mean too much, but he was 16 minutes behind Mark Juleson and then Mark Juleson was 7 minutes behind Joe Skipper, Joe Skipper ran 2.45.56. That's solid because I believe it's a reasonably challenging run course. And it's only been two weeks since road. Mm. And he's going on to do, is it Hamburg? In a couple weeks as well, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. So he's, he's really burning the candles at the moment. Uh, in the ladies race, Lucy Gosher's lead from start to finish, leading the pro swim exiting 102. Uh, 2 minutes 26 ahead of Angela Neath uh, and 26 minutes <laughs> back to Camilla Borg. Now there was only three females in the field. Oh, okay. Which 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 you, I was you hear say it's Lucy not as fast pointed out anyway. Yeah, uh, onto the bike. Lucy piled the pressure on, and 100k mark. He moved into seven and a half minutes ahead of second, and 33 minutes ahead of third. Coming to T2, she had a 10 minute lead over second uh, with Camilla. Now nearly 40 minutes back. The run pretty much followed the same pattern with a dojo domination by Gossage into the finishing shoot with a 32 minute lead. She was again a crowned queen of Bolton. Uh, isn't Bolton in Game of Thrones? I don't watch Game of Thrones. So I don't, I don't know. Game of Thrones isn't based on England, I don't think. But uh, the bigger the story was behind where Angela Neef gave up a 26-minute lead on the bike. The 36-minute K to Camilla Lindham uh, Borg, who f pushed on for the last 10 minutes to, and Neef got third place. So pretty impressive. It was. So Lucy Gossage, you're almost not too far off getting the double dojo domination. If you win by 40 minutes... She's a little is bit it, off that. New term, is it? The double, double dojo. dojo domination. Okay. Never happened before. So you pros, that's a challenge for you to go out and do the double dojo domination. I don't think it's happened ever before in, in modern times. So yeah, only three female pros. There was uh, about seven or eight listed, um, but the rest did not start. So but sad, and you'll hear a little bit more about that from Lucy later on. And Rosie's, Rosie, uh, Rosie's just saying, um, great support. 
as usual in Boston. Great race. I watched a little bit of the coverage on the Facebook live feed, which Good. which is uh, it's the cool thing for me is watching an Ironman is pretty bloody boring, especially when it's not that close to racing. How many people were watching? Well, at the time that I went on, which was sort of end of swim early on the bike, it was six and a half thousand. Okay. So that was more than I've seen at the other races. Uh, It'd be interesting to see when Kona comes up. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and now uh, the Facebook live coverage was good. You know, the, uh, again, only watched a small part. What was cool for me is you got to see what the course was really like. It was quintessential English country roads, just yeah. swerving in and out, tiny little roads, no shoulder on them. Uh, so if you do want, yeah, it's it's a bit different. I wouldn't say it's at all like road because it's it just the roads are even narrower, and you just it looks like you're out in the middle of nowhere. It looked like a lot of fun. And you and you go through little English towns. Yeah, yeah, oh, and wow, uh, I did cool see race. Fraser Cartmel completely overcook one corner when he was coming. It was like an intersection. <laughs> Come on, Fraser. It was all coned off, and so you had to turn and stay inside the cones and completely cocked up, went outside the cones. I think he was probably lucky there was no cars coming. Uh, John's ITU update, and you've said pause. He's getting the timer out. He's yeah. got his watch out. He's going to the timer app. He's got, saying five minutes. Uh, yeah, I'll just say a couple of things before you start. Is And the reason I'm doing this is – fantastic weekend of racing if you don't know the results and get on triathlon live and get a subscription on there it's well worth it if you especially if you do lots they of training done a wrap workouts up on, on youtube i tried to find a wrap up this morning oh that's good because and if you don't know the results and that's why i'll, I'll give myself five minutes to talk you through minutes. i haven't started yet because it was fantastic racing because what you want from racing excitement. is excitement and suspense and going I don't know what's going to happen next. Yep. And that's pretty much what you got from this race. Okay, so, so wait. So what you can do if you want to go and watch the race live or watch the replay somewhere, you don't want to the results, stop, fast forward the show exactly five minutes. Yep. Jeez, it's a long time. There's quite a bit to talk through okay. here. Yeah. Uh, so it was the Hamburg ITU okay, so series. Three, two, one, and go. go. Okay, so... <laughs> I don't know. Under pressure. I'm, I'm, I'm crumbling under the pressure. Come on, you son. I'll, I'll hit, hit you with with some, with the male results or the male sort of story first, okay. because uh, great males race. The cool thing with the course over there, it's sprint distance. You had all the big kahunas there, but there was lots of little breaks here and there on the bike, and you had all the top runners coming off the bike, and you're going, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know whether this breakaway is going to stay. So you got so who's in the breakaway? You got a breakaway, but you got the three of the best guys in the sport you had um you had brownlee you had uh the big norwegian fella blumenfeld and you had uh, vincent louis so they're the three of the biggest names in the sport but there's a couple of really good runners in the pack behind so okay. you're thinking if they get 30 seconds they'll probably they'll probably hold, hold on yep. as it turned out they only had a handful of seconds and I the think, runs what the runs 5k okay and uh, the run time yeah i think the run must be a fraction short must whoa look at so oh, as it okay. turned out, these guys had a sm- ended up, the gap came right down towards the end. I think they only had maybe 13, 15 seconds coming off the bike. But you're still going, I don't know if they're going to catch up from behind in terms of Murray and Moller. As it turned out, they did catch up. But then, were, you know, you, d- you didn't quite know what was going to happen. It was still very close to the finish. Only, you know, five seconds between Mario Moller, who won the event, Vincent Louis second and Richard Murray third, Johnny Brownlee. Certainly not back to his top, top game, but good to see him back. And then you had a sprint finish, uh, Jack Birkwistle uh, making his way just back in to finish in fifth place. So really, Moller really good sub race. 14. Yeah, 13.59. Now, he, they were all gunning it on that run. You, that's the hardest I've seen Moller run in a long time. And uh, good racing, though, very good racing. Wow. And just cool because you didn't know what was quite was going to happen. How, how much time you got? I've got three minutes and nine seconds, and I, I did... 
I, th- I, you know, I'm a sexist pig, Bevan. Oh, no, I don't, I've known that for years. <laughs> you know that for, but I'm going, the, the races last weekend, I was going, I want to see the females race more than I, than I want to see the males race. Because I'm a sexist pig. And I didn't, again, didn't know what was going to happen because you had Flora Duffy coming back from uh, injury. Apparently she had hardly run before the race. And again, you had this breakaway situation on the bike. she was dominant bike. for her injury, wasn't oh, she? Oh, was absolutely crushing wiping, it. Yeah, and, yeah. and she was even running away from the fields when, when they yeah. came together. So there are, this is one of the occasions, Bevan. I'm watching it, going, "Come on, commentators, pick up your game. I can see what's going to happen here." Basically, so why what, can't what, you what, see? What were they saying? So there was a breakaway. There was a breakaway of say six riders, yep. and three. And Flora Duffy was one of them. A few of them were were, were lapping it out. But the girl who could not come through. Uh, why don't you call her a girl? She is almost a girl. She's only 21 years age. Um, Cassandra Beaugrand from France. Okay, so she actually was struggling to stay off the group on the bike. She so couldn't, the couldn't pull it turn. It was kind of like thinking back to Summer Cook, who's a top ITU girl. She's a great swimmer, great runner, but she can't keep up on the bike. A bit like Gwen Jorgensen in the early days as well. So she's sitting in the back, they're doing the work for her, and she's saving her legs. But a few weeks earlier, we'd seen at a mixed relay in Nottingham, she sat on, I can't remember which American was, whether it was Katie Zaveras, I think it was, sat on their entire bike ride and just... Pulled her pants down on the run. You know, she'd go off the bike, said thanks to the lead, just pulled later. it and just gassed so, it. So this happened here? Beautiful runner, yep. And this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, why are you guys, uh, commentators, I think they do a good job, but I'm going, how can you not see this? She is going to absolutely destroy them on this run, I think. Yep. And as it turned out, it was one of the most dominating run performances Ooh, we've seen in run. years. Wow. She ran 15.48, didn't look like she was hardly breaking a sweat, just crushed it. Now, she is going to be the real deal coming up. Uh, young girl, good-looking girl. She's going to be the pin-up for, for Europe. Uh, whether she can do this over Olympic distance remains to be seen at the stage, because but if bike, it's just the bike, you bike, bike she, you can yeah, get, can't you? It might take a couple of years for her to get up there. But she's only twenty-one. But at the same time, wouldn't be surprised if she just goes out and just starts doing a Gwen Jorgensen, as long as she can stay fit and healthy. Because that, if, if she can perform like that, she's just gonna crush everybody. Now, if Flora Duffy gets a five-minute lead off the bike. Different story. So uh, awesome weekend for France. They also won the mixed relay. They won the World Cup football. They've got a new champion here John, uh, John. coming out. Hold on, I've got 35 seconds. Don't oh. go into the football yet. Okay. Uh, and so um, Cassandra Bogrand took it out uh, in front of Laura Lindemann, a young German who had a great run, and Katie Zaveras had a very good run in third. And then Nicholas Spirig, who is, for those of you who don't know her, won the Olympics uh, two Olympics ago and had the, the, the duel with Gwen Jorgensen. Uh, she finished in fourth place, so good to see her back. So there you go, Bevan. I've got 10 seconds to go. Well, also, Rasmus Henning got second in the age group world championships for duathlon, I think it was. Or, Did he? Yeah, so there you go. Nice. Good to see Rasmus. Boom, three, two, one, and welcome back to our people who haven't not been listening for five minutes. Yes, and, and John, well, you did very well because you literally finished with about three seconds I crumbled at the you, beginning though. Yeah, you did crumble, but Pressure. then you pulled it around, came into the finishing shoot strong, John. Uh, but we were talking about the French fo- football there, John. Yes. Did you watch the final? I did not. No, neither. Once, once, <laughs> once the Poms were out, I kind of lost interest because yeah. um, I thought the Poms were a good story. But more importantly, John, I made $200. Oh, you did? Nice. Yeah, $200 for nothing. Well, I put $20 in. I'm feeling old because Here we go. I was in France the last time they won the World Cup. Oh, you were too? 20 years ago was when I was uh, had two seasons in France. So it was the first season we were over there and I was in, 
was over there. Ugh, jeepers, creepers. That's a long time ago. Did you see the riots in the heavens? Oh, apparently they were pretty small. That's a media blow-up, I think. It is a media blow-up, isn't it? Come on, Very media. small area. There are a million people and there's probably three idiots out there. Yeah. And you give all the attention to the idiots. Yeah. Jeepers, not like us, John. No. We nice did, work, France. We never give the idiots. Yeah, France. Who's the best sporting nation at the moment? Well, they had a pretty bloody good weekend. They got the Tour de France going on. They had uh, what's happening in the tour? Oh, carnage on the uh, yesterday was disappointing. I don't know. They, they put in the the, the cobbles of Paris Bay, which is which is really interesting. But it just, just creates problems. People crashing all over the place. From going to win it this year? Yeah, and bloody Richie Port got, gone out with a broken collarbone. So same same leg and same time last year, wasn't it? Well, he, no, he had a bad crash last year. This year was more just, I didn't actually see the crash, but he's got broken collarbones. So that was a shame because I think he might be the only one that can challenge. So, yeah, hopefully it turns out okay. I'm Are you enjoying watching it this year? Yes, it's, okay. it's good, but I'm just like, uh, bit of a foregone conclusion maybe now. It's, that's a bugger. It's only mm. like first week, isn't it? You still see some cool racing, though. I'm looking forward to that. Okay, coming up this weekend, we've got... We have Ironman Lake Placid. Uh, so this is a female-only pro race. You've got Heather Jackson, who is expected to go out there and absolutely crush it. Uh, as you've also got Jodie Robertson, Sarah Pampiano, Jen Arndt, Angela Neath down the list, but you'd expect her not to be racing. But, uh, yeah, really would expect Heather Jackson to go out there. She needs to validate her spot for Kona so she does need to finish and she normally races I think last year she did a race at a similar time in the season so you kind of expect her to win that relatively easy although Sarah Pampiano is no slouch either nor is Jodie Robertson both uh, very good runners uh, Sarah True is listed on the start list but I doubt she'll race given she got her slot over in Frankfurt uh, Just quickly a quick update on Terenzo when he got an eye socket surgery the other day they were saying on the news it's going to be six weeks completely off all right. So it is going to be borderline. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know. If he, if he yeah, can't do anything for six weeks, I'd say that's game over. But yeah, uh, well, they did say he's still hopeful to go to Kona. Mm. What a bummer, but it is. It's a real bummer because he has been on fire in the last eighteen months, mm-hmm. and you know he was tracking well for Kona. So hopefully we we'll see him there, and who knows? You know, it might be one of those freakish things that kind of leads into him for a really good way. So good luck, Terenzo, with your operation, John. Uh, let's do this week's discussion. So this week's discussion was. Let me pull up the notes here. Uh, last week's discussion: What would be if you could pick the ultimate triathlon based on races that are already on the map uh, or on the calendar, and you could put together a swim, a bike, and a run, almost like a jigsaw puzzle, to create your mm-hmm. ultimate triathlon? What would it be? Nadi McLaren, she has raced around the world at a few different places, said swim in Western Australia, around the pier, not the new one they've come up with, bike in Rote and run in Challenge Wanaka. Swanee Noah's got here. You can't use a London Marathon course. Move I actually on. have my pass on that. Oh. I even went on there and said I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no, it's Ironman courses. Okay, well. If they had the London Ironman... And or challenge London, then swim in the Thames, bike wherever, and then run. So Fair I, enough. I, I'm You're obviously I'm more loving towards you. Good old Peter Thorthias has got going off what I've experienced: Kona swim, Ken's bike, Melbourne run. And you can't no talk about Melbourne runs being amazing. Well, it's because you can only do it once or two. They only happen yeah, once or twice, yeah, point to point. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Costello swim Ironman France, bike Ironman France, run Ironman France. Beautiful course. Couldn't imagine a better one. Got Lucy Francis got swim Kona, bike Frankfurt, run Ironman South Africa with the crowds cheering whilst they do their barbecues. That'd be, that'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? I love the bar smell of a barbecue. Oh, I don't when I'm racing. Oh, I do like the smell of barbecue, but not when you're racing. Oh, when your neighbour's having a barbecue yeah. at night, and you hear it and 
John. John Flood, uh, nothing beats the mass start, Kona Swim, then Bike and Rote and Run and Rote. Good old uh, Lee Cartmel's got Kona Swim, Silverman, Ironman Course, uh, and two laps of the uh, the two lap version of the Ironman Taupo Run. Uh, Hua Chin says a swim in Cozumel. I have heard he said coral reefs, anyone? Apparently the swim over there is beautiful. Oh. The bike at Challenge Road for the spectators and the run in mont Blanc for the scenery and quaint town villas. Rebecca Jocelyn's got a Hawaii swim and his bike and definitely wrote run, but I heard Santa Rosa run is spectacular through the vineyards. Greg Bramwell's tried to do a uh, a little bit of a, a swanee here. He's, he said the, the Wanaka swim on a perfect day. Uh, any bike, the course includes Mont, Mont Ventoux and the Boston Marathon. I reckon what we could do is the best triathlon courses based on other races okay. as a discussion. Okay. So you could say the London Marathon with stage four of the Tour de France yeah. and swim somewhere. Uh, did you do Toby? I did not. Toby Chanel has got a uh, road swim. Bike and Kins and the Frankfurt Run. Uh, one man who has done lots of races around the world, so he's probably got a good idea, is Arnold Sulikov. Said swim in the now dead evergreen. Uh, bike, Embra Man and Run Wanaka. Uh, Greg Jules Bramwell. I've said Greg Bramwell. Oh, sorry, Rob yep. Dallymore has got Ironman Kona Swim, Canada Bike, Penticton, uh, and Old Iron New Zealand Run. Two lap course. I've got, for me, uh, the Swim and Challenge Wanaka. Now, I prefer swimming in Kona. is amazing, but I prefer lake swims myself when I'm actually racing. Yeah, I know people say, oh, I see, they, when they're swimming in Kona, they see the fish and they love all that stuff. I don't see any of that shit going on when I'm swimming uh, over there and racing. It's, uh, it's funny how you say that. When you, when you put the race perspective in it, the swim doesn't really matter to me. No. Because you're so, you know, like, yeah. I, I have to say one of my favorite places to swim in the world is like Wanaka, like I think that would make that my pick as well. And the reason I love it is, A, you've got the clear water and, you know, it's nice to have fresh water and stuff. But I love breathing and the views. You mm. know, you've got bloody all these beautiful mountains around you. But when I'm racing, I'm well, thinking much about that And for stuff. me as well, it's, it's, it's not as busy and crowded. And so I kind of like that. So that gives me the full package at Challenge Wanaka. Now, I've got, I'm have got i going with a bike course I haven't actually done, but one that I'm desperately keen to do. Yes, uh, and that's Ironman France. Um, just to have a nice, hilly French countryside. Ember Man is, you know, that's just a different adventure. That's probably would be right up on my list as well. But biking Ironman France. And for me, I'm going to run in Kona, which some people go, that run in Kona is pretty boring in places. But I like a run where you've got a few little undulations and you've got a lot of straight line running. And I actually like being in places like out on the Queen K, which is desolate. There's nobody out there. All that's happening is you running in a straight line, you're just going aid station to aid station and you're just focusing on what you're doing um, as opposed to you know other run courses where you might have fans and that yahooing and screaming all over the place. And, and this is kind of still my favourite run, even though I've had, I've crumbled on the run over you're there. And so I've got horrible, <laughs> horrible memories. Uh, but it's still a, a run that I would really like to nail at some stage. So I, I would go boat rote. It's just a special rate. For what? Uh, just oh, it's a good for, for the swim bike and the run. No, no, I'd go. I'd go swim Wanaka. Yep. I'd go rote bike. Just it's it's out of this world. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a good ride. It's not a boring ride. Yeah. And and you know, there's the, obviously the moment of Solberg, but it's it's a good ride. You know, you've got crowds everywhere. It's really mm-hmm. cool. It's a good challenging ride. Um, you can feel like you you know it's a bit technical. You know, mm-hmm. um, interesting. You know, because you go through all the villages. Now, runs a really challenging one for me, John. I don't know if I have one that we really haven't done out. that many races. No. So, like, and really, based on my experience, I'd say Challenge Wanaka. Yeah, because that's a great run course, mm-hmm. and it suits someone like me who's a bit more of a strength runner mm-hmm. and who you know knows how to play the technique game well. Um, 
And I've had some great runs there, so that helps. Uh, do you used to have the course record there for the half? You know, te- <laughs> technically, John, I still do. But, but I think it's because they don't know how to update the records. Because <laughs> if you look in the record books, my name's still there. I'm pretty, oh, no, this year it won't be. Yeah. yeah. But even before this year, it was still my name. And I'm pretty sure Braden Curry had beat me quite significantly. But yeah. I had, I've had two good runs here because I had that good run in there. And then when we did the team, I had a really good yes. marathon. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I would, yeah, that would be mine because uh, purely mm. lack of experience, really. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, this week's discussion. Right, this came about because I've done a um, mongrel. Yeah, well, I've been doing some running races recently, and the last two hey, races, yeah. uh, I have not been happy with my performance. I was actually thinking about you this morning. I was thinking about you giving up because one thing I'm, I might actually do a segment on this on this show. Mm-hmm. This whole idea of the stories we tell ourselves. Um, I'm listening to. Do you, have you ever watched Deer and Brown? I think I have. Darren Brown's a magician. Yes, yes, I have. Slash, and he, he's got a I think I've actually been to him live in the UK. Oh, okay. Was he good? Yes. Yeah. Well, he's written a book on happiness, and um, and it's really quite good. Uh, it's quite deep into philosophies and all the rest of it, but one thing he's going into is kind of the stories we tell ourselves, and I, and I kind of like it. And I was just thinking about you, the justification of you letting that guy win the other day and mm. when you're in remote, mm. and you were kind of telling yourself this story of, well, he's a local. And and I was being a soft cock. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> but it was amazing, this kind of story and context you put around it, which gave you mm. an excuse to kind of maybe not push hard. Um, and it's, you know, it just got me thinking. But anyway, keep telling me your soft cock So, stories. yeah, so I've, the last two races I've done, I've been pretty soft. It was, it was <laughs> over in rote, and there just there wasn't the mongrel there to if I was in that race, job, probably would have been a different story. <laughs> well, you probably you probably better off road runner than me. And that's where he got me. It was the off road stuff. Uh, so I haven't learned a lot of mongrel. I came back to Christchurch and also did another running race back here. And again, it was a bit of a soft cock. I had another guy, a similar sort of instance. A, I wasn't running probably as hard as I should have been. But there was another guy who was a little bit in front of me. And I know I should have beaten him, but I didn't. Uh, and so this weekend I'm going out and I've got a plan. And there's going to be a bit more mongrel out there for the... What brings out your mongrel? That, that was the question. So I've kind of got my plans on what's going to try to help me bring my mongrel out. But for you guys, what brings out the... How do you find your mongrel in a race? Especially if you, say, put yourself in my circumstance when you're coming back from a couple of races where you were just a bit yeah. of a softie. Bit of a soft cock. Mm. John... You do have to respect guys like Lionel Sanders, who just have the ability to go to that that, that mongrel place. It seems every time. Yeah, you do. You know what I mean? Like, because it, you know, like there's your experience that you're going through right now is just the athlete's journey. You're going to have mm. days when you're not there, and days where you give up a bit too easy, and then you have days where you really kill it. But you know, it's always like I, I especially in our sport, the respect for the guy who consistently delivers, like Frodo. Mm-hmm. You know, he turns up. Now, Conan last year was the, the outlier of this, but mm-hmm. he just turns up and he delivers. And it's a pretty hard thing to do in our sport. But also, the person has the ability just to go to that dark place, like Sanders seems to do every time. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's a, I think it, it's a skill, isn't it? It is. And I think we, we should respect those, those pros, but it's also then looking at the age groupers that are able to do that yeah. and what is their psyche. Because those, those pros, you know, it's a different story. They're training hard, they're racing really regularly, you get a bit more used to it. But the guy, that you know, like in our world, who are you know only racing a handful of times a year, what is it uh, that that gets them going? What is it that gets you going? So yeah, okay. So this week's discussion is we want you to tell us how you find your mongrel in a race, especially if you've been a bit like John Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, uh, sponsor Extreme Endurance. Your lactic buffer now is on their website, and they now have the Skeptics Box, Bevan. Oh, back it up. 
Not sure if you're a soldier yet, having heard from us for years about extreme endurance, or you have a teammate or friend that you're trying to convert. X Endurance Skeptic Box is filled with some of our favourite products that can turn anyone into a believer. Oh, this is pretty great. What's too. included? A one week pack of extreme endurance. In my experience, one week is enough. If you did this around, say, a, a, a B or a C race, if you took it leading into the race, Just to get that should be enough. Yep. Uh, they've also got a three-day supply of the vanilla protein single serve, um, also a three-day supply of their chocolate protein serve, and then they've got the Fuel 5 single serve and a drink bottle. So this is a good opportunity if you haven't tried it, but also if you just want to check out the flavours, because you've heard us talk about, say, Fuel 5 before, and you go, oh, that's good, but I want to actually taste it before actually buying a whole bag. This is a great opportunity to try all their products. Um, it's 30 bucks. I'm not 100% sure if you can get it off .eu uh, or .uk websites, but certainly off the .com you can. Only 30 bucks. Don't think the promo code will work on that, but 30 buck investment, check it out at xendurance.com. If you're getting all your other regular stuff, remember to use the promo code IMTALK20. Also, um, I sent through to Xendurance the other day a testimonial somebody had sent in, I think it was one of our patrons, and said, you know, I've tried the product and it was absolutely fantastic. So if you have got any testimonials, if you'd love the product, please send them through to me so I can forward them on to Extreme Endurance because look, they've been supporting the show for a long time. Obviously, they want people buying their products, but it's good for us if we can say, look, we've got these listeners that are, really enjoy using your products and have made a big difference for them. So, uh, xendurance.com is where you can go. And also, it's just to support the people who are supporting our show. John, I'm going to put some music on. Here we Sounds go. Sounds Age Grouper of the Week. And we are just going to select a couple of random you, you, age groupers from Ironman UK. I will give some love to the weekend. first male and female. So first male at Ironman UK age grouper is in 30-34, Neil Eddy. He did 8 hours 22-25 to win by 3 minutes. On the female side, Sha- uh, Shannon Scoville took it. No. No, she was not first overall. She was, uh, where's the first female athlete? Rebecca Rimmington. Yeah. She took it out in nine hours and 53 minutes. Bevan, pluck an age group out and tell me, and I'll give somebody a little bit of love. Okay, 45 to 49. 45 to 49. Are we talking males or females? I reckon we should do both. Okay. Mark Laithwaite from Great Britain. 909.24. Well oh, it was a little bit short in the bike, but still well done. And then on the female side, Kathy Berry in 10 hours and 39 minutes. Kathy, if you hang in there a few more years, uh, you go to the 50 to 54 age group, you would have done a, like a quadruple dojo domination because oh, really? uh, it was 12 hours and 8 minutes. You would have won the age group by an hour and 20 minutes. That's a question. And, and again, we're not going to get the answer to it. What's been the biggest dojo domination in in a pro race? No, 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 maybe not in a pro race, in an age group race with over a thousand athletes in it. <laughs> you guys. Yep. So if someone can find the answer to that, yeah. we'll give you an iron top t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you even know the answer. 
But it'd be interesting, in, in a competitive age group, you know, not like the 70s or something mm. like that, like in like a 40 to 45, mm-hmm. you know, where you're getting like six, 700 people competing, what would be the biggest domination? Mm. It wouldn't be much, you wouldn't imagine. Okay, anyone else? No, running on from that, we'll have our interview now with Lucy Gossage. Here is the Gossage Okay, guys, uh, last weekend we had Ironman UK, uh, unfortunately for the athletes racing. that We've mentioned earlier on the show it was a slightly shortened course, but that didn't stop uh, Lucy Gossage, who's currently sitting 11th in the uh, Ironman rankings, courtesy of a win at Ironman Wales, a win at Ironman UK, a win uh, at Ironman Lanzarote earlier this year. So, Lucy, um, welcome back to the show. The work and training balance seems to be going pretty well for you um yeah no I, I guess it yeah it is <laughs> um yeah I think uh I I would yeah I've had a lot of bad races this year um I think I I just have to learn to to balance thing or oh, I'm learning how to oh yeah I get too ambitious sometimes and try and cram a bit too much in um and I find that I say yes to everything and then um kind of spinning too many plates but yeah, I've had two really good Ironmans, so um, I'm pleased with those. I've had a ton of distinctly average 70.3s, but um, the Ironmans are always what I aim for, so I'll, I'll take those any day. <laughs> so tell, tell us a bit, about, a bit bit about your day at the weekend. You know, it was a complete dojo domination. I haven't got the results directly in front of me, but it was, you know, you are miles in front of second place. I know Angela Neath was not um, a crazy distance behind you, but it sounds like she really blew up on the run at some stage. So talk, talk us through your day and... Um, um, and, you know, obviously a win's a win, but um, did you have a fantastic day in terms of your own performance? Um, no, I wouldn't say it was a fantastic day. It was it was definitely a very solid day. Um, and I, I just, it's such a shame that there wasn't a better field because mm. in all honesty, I would rather come second mm. with a proper race than, than, than win like that. And I think Angela Neath's, like her Instagram post, sums it up, like people don't, don't I think people I mean she she was just like it's an amazing course but oh my god it's so tough it wouldn't fly in the US mm. um and I wonder if, if people are just scared of the the tough courses so even though it was 95 miles Joe Skipper's time was pretty much exactly what he did in Roth mm. which just goes to show what a tough course it is mm. um but for me I mean that's why I do it because I love it so it was it was uh, none wetsuit swim for pros wetsuit for age groupers all starting at the same time so <laughs> that was pretty crazy mm-hmm. um and it was i'm sure yeah i'm sure it was colder than i, I we were we were all teeth chattering kind of for the first wow. 20 minutes on the bike yeah. um but i actually had for me i had an amazing swim i was yeah i was pretty chuffed with that um well, you, you led the females out of the swim didn't you yeah, but come on, there were only three of us. But <laughs> Angela Neath is quite a good swimmer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll take that. That's <laughs> yeah. That's you know, take take the take the small victories. Um, no, it was it. It was a good swim for me. Um, but it was really cold to to the extent that I was. We were. I think we were all quite literally teeth chattering for the first kind of fifteen minutes on the bike. Yeah. Um, and then I, yeah, I didn't think I was, I, I didn't really feel that on the bike at all. Um, and I thought I wasn't having a very good day at all. Um, and I thought Angela was catching me. I thought she was going to catch me. And then I found out that she wasn't catching me. So then I relaxed a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, I did have a good bike. It just didn't feel like a good bike. Um, and then the run, the run was quite nice because I could run. I didn't, I didn't really have to push that hard. So it was all very controlled. 
it's a tough old run course. I mean, it's got some, it's got some good hills in it. Um, so it's, it, it definitely keeps you honest. But for me, the, the reason I keep going back to Bolton is just the, the support there. And, and every year I've gone back, it's got better and better for me. Um, and so it's not the most glamorous place to race, but it's a, it's a fantastic course and, and the support for me is just, yeah, really special. Even more so this year, because I'm fairly certain it's the last year that I'll race there. Yeah, it it um it did look like it, I only watched a little bit of the coverage on on the Facebook live feed, which has you know been a good addition to what Iron Man do because um it actually gets allows us to see the course. You know, I don't know too much about the Bolton area, but the bike course just looks like yeah you're weaving and winding through just country lanes the the whole way. It looks um it looks like it's the kind of course where it'd be very hard to get into any rhythm. Yeah, I mean, you guys, because I came over and did New Zealand a couple of years ago, and you yeah. guys made me laugh because you're always moaning about the road surface. <laughs> and I got yeah. on it, I was like, oh my God, this is smooth tarmac. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, this is gravel, tiny little lanes, potholes, twists and turns, and I just like it. I mean, it's a bit more interesting, and it means you're not just sitting, always putting the power down in the aero bars. Yeah. Um, so, and, and it, I guess it's vaguely technical as well, which um, kind of makes it a bit more interesting. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> so you, you you had uh, two other Ironman wins. You know, obviously um, Wales is the, is the tail end of last year, <coughs> but also um, and then Italy Rodden. two weeks after. No, do you miss out my two in thirteen days? <laughs> oh, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at your your on the KPR. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> no, oh. Italy. I think I had I had Wales and it's, I wonder whether I counted UK because I did Wales and then I did Italy yeah. two weeks later. And then I did Lambs and then I did UK. Mate, can they only count three races? Maybe you that's why. You can only count three Ironman races. You've got, uh, otherwise you'd be even further up the rankings. Bloody hell, you'd be, uh, you'd be knocking on the door of the top three. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, how the hell do you make this all happen? Um, you know, are you working full-time? Uh, and, and how do you, you know, because I think a lot of age groupers might resonate with what you're doing a lot more than when you, you're racing full-time. So how do, how do you make it all work? Um, <clears throat> I think, I don't know if you remember, but I broke my, I broke my collarbone about eight weeks before Kona 2016. Mm-hmm. And, and that race taught me that you can race an Ironman quite well, despite having inadequate or, or what I would have perceived to be inadequate preparation. And so much about an Ironman is just, it's just determination and mental strength. And I think that race showed me that a base level of fitness can get you quite a long way. <coughs> excuse me so since going back to work I think I've been less scared of turning up without my A game and maybe I've got a bit cleverer at at racing with perhaps less fitness but being a bit a bit cleverer about it mm. um but yeah I mean I I train less um I think the hardest thing is the recovery um it, i I've always been a, a bit kind of making it up as I go along in terms of if anyone looked at my training, they, they, you know, it's not, I've not had a big coach and I've not had a, I don't really use power proper. It, it's just not very, it's not particularly structured in, in the sense that most people would, would imagine it is. Um, but maybe because of work that, that has to be, it has to be that way because you have to adapt and you can't, you know, if you finish work at seven o'clock and it's been, non-stop clinic all day for 10 hours and you know you're emotionally exhausted you can't then go and do the interval session that you wanted to do because you just you're just drained so you ha- I think adaptability is is probably something that's 
that's quite important for me. Um, I'm not explaining myself very well. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. The the winter, the winter is always quite tough because you know you're running in the dark <clears throat> around the ring road with your head torch on, and it's soul destroying. Mm. Um, but summer's what makes the winter worthwhile. Um, and and yeah, the racing is definitely all the sweeter, I think, because it's because it is hard. So, in terms of um, you know your typical week, are you are you sort of I know you're you're a doctor, so your hours are going to be a bit uh, bit crazy. But are you are you working a, a fairly regular week and, and sort of consider yourself a, a weekend warrior? Where you're getting out and doing the longer stuff at the weekend, or or are you sort of on more of a, a sort of a shift pattern? So your your schedule's all over the place. No, it's it's pretty regular. So I work I work part time. So it's only it's three days a week, mm. um, plus the odd on call and things. Um, this year's a bit tougher because I've got um, I've got an exam three days before I'm in Wales, so I've got to factor that in on top. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it, it's generally regular three days. It varies every few months, but um, so I, I I adapt what I do. Um, but I can I probably do yeah I probably do do I try and make one of the four days that I'm not working a a training rest day, and mm-hmm. but that turns now into a. I mean, I know what I'm doing isn't sustainable. Um, mm. So that turns into a kind of a work, work day, like exam work day. Um, but I, yeah, I've got like, like I don't know, exercise oncology is, so exercise, exercise oncology is a growing field and it's it's something that I'm really passionate about. So it's, it, exercise is, is being, there's lots of evidence that it's good at reducing the risk of cancer coming back and in, enhancing the likelihood that people get through their chemo and things. And, there are so many projects that I'm trying to develop through that. And I, I've always wanted to find a way to link triathlon and, and oncology. And I think now I've found a way that I've got this platform and I can start to do something a little bit useful with it. So I've also got all, all of those things going, which which is great. And there are so many opportunities, but it's just time trying to trying to find time. So we're trying to set up this Cancer Fit website, providing resources for, for people who undergo cancer treatment or have had cancer treatment about exercise and what they can and can't do and you know the it's it's something i'm so passionate about but again just finding time to do that on top of everything else is <laughs> it's yeah it's sometimes a bit crazy <laughs> so you've been obviously doing you know lots of lots of racing um what's on the the radar for the rest of this year presumably if you're talking about wales maybe not uh not doing the the kona gig so what's what's your plan for the rest of the year uh i don't know actually i'll definitely do um do another Ironman or two um I'd love to do Wales probably will do Wales um I have got this exam three days before but so that will either mean I'm super fresh and super super psyched or not um I am going to actually go to Patagonia have you heard about Patagon Man in December no tell Um, us oh my god it sounds amazing um so I'm fairly certain this will be my last Ironman um and it just sounded like the perfect way to finish my career um, so you it's it, it's like Norseman but in Patagonia, yeah. um, and you you jump off a boat and you swim back across this fjord, and then it's a point to point bike, and it's an off road marathon in the middle of the most remote area in Patagonia. It just sounds amazing, and the organisers sound super. You guys should check it out. Actually, you should. Um, it was a lottery entry, and the organisers are so passionate and excited about it. And I just thought, I mean, it's not a pro race; it's not really like a you know, it doesn't have prize money or anything, but. Um, I just thought, what way to end a kind of adventure career that happened by chance with a, a race like that? So I think that that's what that's what I'm gonna. That's that'll be the last one. That's in December, um, but I don't know what I'll do before then. So I just kind of make it up. 
you're saying that's the last one is is that because you want to focus more on your career or are you just gonna you just had enough or what's what's the rationale behind that i think i don't i don't really want to stop but i i think it's good to stop when you're still in love with it um yeah. and and there are you know it, it is tough it's and I, like I said, it's not sustainable. I know, I know what I'm doing. I thought, I thought last year would be the last year. I keep saying that, but I'm, I think this year will. <laughs> it, you can't keep burning the candles at both ends, and at some time something's got to give. And so, it's good to stop whilst you're still loving it, rather than stop when it all becomes a bit too much and a bit too unmanageable. Um, but I, and I'll still do. I don't know what I'll do. Professional relay racer, Cape Epic, Ultra Run. I don't know. I'll do some fun, you know, different stuff, but. Um, yeah, it's, I'm not a not a pro like I don't. I mean, I am a pro, but I'm not a proper pro. You know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. A lifestyle pro rather than anything else. I think. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. I know it's been great to see you kicking some butt out there, and uh, we keep bringing your name up on the show. Going, what the hell is she doing? She keep winning all these races when she's uh, when she's working as well. So it's, I uh, listen. So I, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's impressive. So fantastic. We know you probably want to get a bit of. Uh, bit of uh, time feed up now um, the, the day after the race so thanks very much for coming on the show and uh, good luck with the rest of whatever this year brings well hopefully you'll read out my name at least one or one or two more times <laughs> I'll um, do my best anyway um, 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 I'm going to go check out that Patagonia man right now yeah yeah do, nice to talk to you awesome John your thoughts? She's crushing it. and uh, She's really impressive, isn't it? Yeah, very, very impressive. It must be nice also when you've got the security of a job. Yes. Because it's just bonus money in your pocket, isn't it? Mm. Now, I just wish we some Torsten, you've got to get do this. You've got to have a resource somewhere. We've got all the pro names. And, you know, I just pluck on there and I can see all the results coming up in one yes, place. I thought, well, trust me. It, it doesn't have everything that has uh, some good uh, has, it, it keeps it reasonably well up to date but it doesn't have the 70.3 results oh okay I like somewhere it's got halves and the fulls you about to give us that book remember one year you gave us a book was that a Kona book where you can tap on the name yes. and have all their results yes yeah because Lucy like I was talking to Lucy as you guys will have heard and uh, you know it just had her three Ironman races listed on there and then there was the other ones that I hadn't bloody she's didn't even know about yeah but she's won three in the last 12 months plus there was another one that I'm in Italy that I didn't know about so I'd love there to be an online resource where you could just plug in a pro get all this their half and full results I know it'd be very hard to keep it up to date but come on, uh, Thorsten, do, come you, on do your work because <laughs> <laughs> you don't do enough already for free uh, one two three four five got five random things that came out of rote for me you know every time we go to a race I wouldn't say I always learn lots of new stuff but lots of stuff is reiterated to me on I just look, like I remember in this Kona 70.3, I was going, why are you guys in your big chain ring trying to go up a hill at the start of a bike ride? So I have a few things that came out on Facebook Because you're so into Facebook right now, you changed your profile show today. I did indeed. Into you winning Kona. Yes. Yeah, I won an Ironman race in Kona, if you didn't know. It's a great one. Yeah, I won an Ironman in Kona. Have you done that Ironman race in Kona? Yeah. I used to work with a guy who worked for Les Mills, and he was pretty high up, but he was a right shagger. This guy had shagged a lot of people in his time. And his call when we were out picking up girls, he'd go, oh, yeah, I own Les Mills. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he didn't own Les Mills. Uh, okay, you do one, I'll do two. First one is panic attacks in the swim. Had a few of these over <coughs> in uh, Rote, not necessarily with our campers, but I think the first thing is, if you're new to the sport, it is very common to go through this. So don't feel like if you had some issues in the swim, like you're some weird outlier that's, oh, this only happened to me. It's very, very common. Uh, so... 
how you can deal with that is to try to do a warm up in the road instance you couldn't do a warm up um, but also to try to do some lead up races so you're putting yourself in that situation of swimming in a group more often so it's not a total panic so many athletes these days are doing an Ironman and that's pretty much all they do all season or they might do one half Ironman so if you're going to be in a mass start, try to go to your local races, do some mass starts and have a plan so you know that if, if you if, if you get anxious about the swim, that if you get in there and you get the crap beaten out of you, you've got a bit of an exit strategy, both a physical exit strategy going, if I get a bit of crap beaten out of me, I'm going to swim directly to the side and actually just try to find some fresh space and also have a little bit of a mental game just going, you know, just deal with this. It's only going to be temporary. I'm not going to die. I can do. It. I can get out to the side, and you, it's it's easier said than done. But just trying to relax as much as possible. Okay. Number two is transition. Walkthroughs are crucial. Get into the bag, ear right bag, and know your way around. So you're saying what are you saying here? Is I have a bit of a walkthrough before race day, and also just don't panic when you're going through it. Well, I think it was one of our athletes on the camp. I think picked up the wrong transition bag, oh, did they? which is easier said. Hey, know. wait a second. Did anyone take us out? Sorry? In transition, remember what No, I didn't even get close, oh, I don't think. Because we're legends. Yes. Uh, so, Rote was a great example where, you know, pre-race you can walk through the transition several times. You can see where you put your bag down, go back, walk through that area once or twice so you go, I know exactly where my bag is and just try to eliminate as much stress as possible rather than just randomly coming out and going, all right, where the hell's my bag? And your walk bike. Through, walk through that, yeah, and your bike. Because you're going to a road. And there's a lot of bikes. Mm. It's, it's a massive area. And you kind of think you know where you are, but you can easily lose a minute just because you're slightly confused. Mm. Course reconnaissance really helps on uh, number three. A local uh, helps on technical courses. Uh, what I would say is we rode the course and wrote before, which was the athletes found absolutely fantastic. But then I also, with uh, old Pete Thaus, uh, Thor Thaus, uh, also went and drove a lap of the course. Oh, okay. And I would say, when you do drive a lap of the course, to me, always feels a lot harder than what you do when you're actually going out there yeah. and riding it. So if you haven't got time to ride the course and you do drive the course, I'd say generally in the back of your mind going, it's probably a bit harder in the car than what it is actually out on the course. Which is ironic because it's actually not. Mm. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, number four is think about your gearing for the races in regards to your cassette options. So if you know it's going to be pretty hilly course, you may want to give yourself some better options around your cassette. That's definitely one side of it. But also, if you know it's going to be a flat course, then tr change your cassette and have a straight block. Because how many times are you out there riding and you're going along and you're between gears? You know, if you're riding along and you're trying to, I'm um, trying to hit it on 200 watts and if I sit in this gear, I'm at 100 RPM, and then just one gear change, I'm at, a, um, at 85 RPM, and I want to be somewhere in the middle of that. If you have a straight block on your um, uh, your cassette, and by what I mean by that is there is only one tooth difference between each, um, each gear, you're much more likely to be able to find the exact gear if you're on a flat course or nearly flat course, it's going to be just right for you. So if you're not aware, what happens with your cassette is, you know, roughly up to halfway on your cassette, you're going to be making one um, tooth jumps, and then as you get towards your smaller gears, your climbing gears, then there's going to be uh, a, you know, a two two teeth jump and when you're in that range there it can be quite a significant change in your cadence if you're trying to stick to a particular power output and number five number five rules do differ from country to country um, make sure you read through the event manual especially if you're going to say Europe and you've come from New Zealand Australia or America things like the drafting rule does vary slightly 
just little things when we're in road, like you had to wear your timing chip when you go to the bike drop-off. I don't think I've done that anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, some races you have to have your shoes on the bike or completely off the bike. Some races you have to have your helmets there. So a lot of people don't read the race manual, so make sure you read it. Okay, so there you go. There's your hot five, your hot five or even your high five for random things that came out of road for athletes to learn from. Uh, John, let's do it. Three, two, one, website, website of the week. week. And this comes from Finn, Finn Zwager. What a great name. That's a great name. You don't even <laughs> need a nickname with a name like that. He does have a nickname, but I haven't got it off the top uh, of my head. Just Finn the great name Zwager. That's what it should be. Uh, and this is a good little website. So it's called triathlon.racechecklist.com. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And it's a pretty simple website. It's basically just a one-page website with some ads. <laughs> but inside the website, it's it's basically creates a checklist of all the things you need need for your race day and you can basically just go along and click on the things you want and then you do a print out at the end print out. and it's one of the best things you can do because one of the things I always talk to my runners about for race day is how do you get to the race moment with the best energy possible least stress as yeah well. yeah and, and that, well that's what you mean is mm. so there's a nutrition side of it there's good sleep and all the rest of it but it's also removing stress and one thing I would often talk about is, you know, how do you make the people around you not create stress? Mm-hmm. But also, planning is really important. And if you haven't planned well, there's a high chance you're going to create unnecessary stress for yourself, which means when that, you know, you talk about being a soft cock, and often if we're mentally fatigued, there's a higher chance we're going to be a soft cock. Mm. And if you're really stressed before a race, you're basically taking into that mental energy which you could use in your race. And so this website... Cool little, really simple tool. Basically, kind of has a checklist of swim, bike, run, clothes, and miscellaneous, and also a finishing line shoot. Uh, and you can just kind of click on all the things that you would take to a race, print it off, and then you can just tick those things off as you move along. So it's triathlon doc, <coughs> triathlon dot racechecklist.com. And Finn, the cool name Zwager, is uh, can can just say thank you for that. Okay, uh, we're doing winger of the week. Very quick winger of the week. Um, we will go. So we'll just do the overall leaderboard this week. The winger of the week with 27 hours and eight minutes of training off 22 activities was Roman Garcin. He swam four hours 19, rode 17 hours, and ran five hours and 47 minutes. Okay, good times. Well done. What was his name again? Roman Garcin. Roman, it's another great name. How do you listen to some good names? <laughs> I tell you. Okay. Uh, oh, questions get, and answers. Get, a couple of things get, here. Kevin McFall, uh, good old DP. Uh, <laughs> 10 hours 37, he had the longest activity. So my uh, questions and answers, just a couple of real quick things here. Fraser Cartmel sent through a cool photo of the boys and him at the finishing shoot and wrote. Uh, and he also wrote up a race report. So I put both the photo and a link to his race report in the show notes for today's show. Uh, Stuart Menry uh, has sent through... A link to an article that the good listener of the show, Tim Hemingsynth, wrote. And it's actually a really good article. And basically being a little bit critical around what happened with Ironman Austria last weekend. And I think the last paragraph wraps it up quite well. It got... um, what is it going to be? It's sort of talking about, you know, the if you remember last week, Ironman Austria, they basically reduced or added on five... They took off five minutes off some of the female pros because there was evidence to suggest that the leading female pros had been blatantly drafting. And, and he's basically given this and a couple other examples of where there seems to be a lack of kind of consistency in the way they're ruling it. And, and it's a good kind of paragraph here. He's got, if you're bamboozled by all of this, then who would blame you? Because it not only smacks of incompetence, but more simply of not being a priority. And this is really the numb of the 
of it all for Ironman professionals. While long distance triathlon is almost unique in its amateurs being able to race on the same day in the same course with the world's pro and elites, the pros themselves are not deemed enough of an asset to the Ironman brand to consider worth investing in. And, you know, I think he's really been kind of ultimately saying is that, you know, what happened here in regards to the rules is pretty poorly ran and obviously it's just not that important mm, and right. that's a problem for the, for the pros yeah no, I would love to see the pros being pinned up a hell of a lot more than what they are and as you said and for the Ironman to be investing a bit more time into actually A promoting them managing but then sport. B managing situations so so this can't happen again and Texas I know from a race organised point of view Texas was a very hard situation for them to manage when the cops say you can't be out there officiating on the bike course but it's not like this is the first instance it's sort of happened in terms of not officiating drafting with the pros um, so yeah it is becoming a real blight on a sport and it pisses me off that we're constantly talking about it it's a bit like talking about cycling when you see an amazing performance in cycling you go yeah but what was the controversy of Froome this time? well when he went went on the Vuelta and, uh, and went on this gigantic yeah, freakish, freakish breakaway. It was a bit like Saint Lionel. Um, no, not Saint um, um, Floyd, Floyd Landis. Landis yeah. yeah, it was exactly like that. Okay. And so you're going, that was amazing. But and I'm kind of we're kind of getting the same thing. If we see this amazing fast times, you're going, yeah. But is it sure? Um, were they drafting behind the press vehicle? Uh, so we just want to try to eliminate some of those things so we really can embrace some of these awesome performances and not be. Yeah. It's really interesting, Bigger. isn't it, when the discussion is not really about what's really important. Mm. And, you know, a lot of our discussion in the last period of time has really been about some of the issues of how the sport is managed. And sometimes you can kind of say, like, UK fire. Okay, well, that sucks. You know, mm. that's a really unfortunate thing. But then a lot of time it is just incompetency mm. or a lack of consistency. And to me, for a sport, for a professional organisation that's been doing it for this long, it's just poor form, really, isn't it? Nice. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, okay, John, let's talk about patrons. Hey, we have James the Red Rocket Thomas. We've got Phil, Rich Uncle Scott. And my Rich Uncle Phil. And Grant the Skeletor Baxter. Uh, if you want to become a patron of the show, just go to www.iamtalk.me and you can contribute a little bit of your hard-earned money towards us so we can keep doing what we're doing and you also go into the draw to win a trip to Kona and, uh, yeah, and supporting and us. Like we, when we go to Kona this year, we were talking to Bob Babbitt earlier, we'll be at the the party. F- the party, the pre-race party, and we've never actually been down to watch him do the breakfast with Bob, so maybe we'll do do a bit of that. We can uh, just hang out and then do it afterwards. I know, grab them as they come <laughs> with second-class citizens. Um, so, and also, our Kona trip is totally paid for by the patrons. You mm. know, like So just again, patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show. It's less than 1% of our listenership are patrons, mm. so it really means a lot for the people who do actually contribute so thank you very much John sponsors Extreme Endurance your lactic buffer and our patrons and as we just get lots of love if you want to email us you can email us at iamtalkerpodcast at gmail.com if you want to get your the show emailed to you every time I release a show I send out a group email to everyone on the database just go to www.iamtalk.me and there's a link to get it sent out to you after every time we've released the show John your goss uh, Bevan, uh, you've seen uh, my my extensive Facebook posts on no, our family walk of the weekend. Facebook that was uh, that was the weekend. Watched a bit of a movie. Was that Molly's Game? Think oh, did you like it? Mr. Sausage recommended that. Yeah, it was good. I read the book. Solid. Yes. In the book and the movie. The movie does a really good job. 
Yeah, it's a fascinating story, isn't it? Just went for a little wee over in your toilet there and, and uh, noticed there's lots of cleaning products. Did not. There's <laughs> lots of cleaning products out there, so I'm guessing you've been you know, scrubbing up this well, house ready for the moving been day. I've scrubbing up this house, John. Yeah. I've helped a little, you know, of all this packing, I've probably given 10%. 10%. Of that. Of that. Yeah. My wife's very, my wife loves being organised. Yeah. And, and this is just another great example of it. So we're, um, we're moving out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Two more sleeps, John. We bought this house nearly two and a half, three months ago. Mm-hmm. So it does seem like a long time. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of just ready to get out now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep, the next couple of days are going to be pretty full on. Met your sister on Sunday. She said she saw you. I was at the at good old pack and save. Yep. Getting the coffee I heard. Getting, getting my, I was actually getting the kids a free hot chocolate. You spend over 200 bucks, you get a free hot chocolate, free, free do drink. Do they, have, do they have a cafe? I've just got a little coffee coffee area. Oh. You can't spend over 200 bucks because I know that you guys would be, uh, no, be uh, getting... No, uh, how much do we normally say? Uh, we budget 210 a week. Well, then you should be getting a free coffee every week. Che- yeah. Oh, do you, babe? Yeah. Oh, she just doesn't tell Bevan oh. about them. <laughs> Joe gets a free coffee, doesn't <laughs> tell Bevan. Go, just go wait in the car out there. Well, no, because she does the shopping, so I'm not going to complain. So I'm go. a wise man. So I was getting the kids, and I was getting the kids a, a hot chocolate. I, I normally claim the hot chocolate, but this time I was getting the kids... The kids you put music on? Because you can do that at Pick and Can't do well. that anymore either. That was the highlight of Felicity shopping why, why experience. Why They've got rid of it. The, the DJ box. Oh. So that was most disappointing. So you see, that's the only reason I come shopping with your dad is uh. so I can put the music on. And we're sitting there and Thomas had bloody been had all morning in front of the TV watching Hamburg men's race, women's race, and, uh, and I think Tour de France, and then we'd gone shopping. He's just chewing my bloody ear off about this, that, and the other thing on strategies and what would have happened, this, that. And there's somebody standing next to, next to me going, you must be John. Your son looks like he's uh, he's taking after his father a bit here. And I'm like, yep. And it was Be- Bevan's sister. Oh, she said she saw you. And she said, what lovely kids. Good. She said, and I said, well, it's... <laughs> you haven't seen half of it, to do yet. With it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about this weekend? What's, what's happening? Running race this weekend, Canterbury Cross Country Championships. How far? Uh, it is eight kilometres. Uh, proper cross country stuff. So it's going to be good times. Outside of that, uh, just getting into a good exercise routine, starting to feel a little bit fitter, and uh, just, just school holidays. So just got to get through this week. Is it this week only or two weeks? We've had one week, halfway there. Oh. What are, you doing? what are you doing with the Christmas holiday? You go away. We go away. Yeah, it's the key Christmas holidays. You've got to make it work. Anything else other than packing happening in your world, Bevan? Um, not really. It is really about the move. So the mm. studios are moving next week, John. Right. 37. That's the, name, that's the number. 37. 37. That's, that's where you've got to go to. Uh, and so we've got the new studios. I'm trying to sort out how we're going to record the show. Because currently what we're doing, John, is... if you, okay, for, I'm giving the, the visualisation mm-hmm. of the studios. So we've got... We've got a lounge, and then we have like a second smaller lounge. And in the second smaller lounge, we have our dining area, and we have my piano area and stuff. And then we kind of look out onto a view. And it's nice having the view for the show, isn't it, John? Mm-hmm. And our mm-hmm. new house, the, the table is going to be in a place that doesn't have a view. Right. And I like having a view when we do the show. We've got so. to give the weather report. Yeah, we've got to give the weather report. So we're going to put some couches. So we've basically got a kitchen, open area kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of an area in front of that, and then goes on to the deck. So I'm thinking we're going to have couches. So I'm thinking that you and I will record the show there. Now we may not in week one because I'm pretty sure we won't have couches by the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do need to buy some few new things for this house. But once we get in the couches, I'm thinking you and I will just sit on the couch and do the show. So we, have we don't want to get too relaxed knee. about things. But we, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing Joe's you. Joe's not happy about I'm, this. What's Joe saying no for? Joe's saying no. Well, you come in when we do the show. 
right. Well, there's there's going to be some data about this. We'll, uh, this my first argument at the house already. <laughs> uh, and then, so I'm going to buy some mic stands. Yes. Some mic stands, you know, like like mm-hmm. a musician. Mm-hmm. And you just have the stand in front of your face. Okay. The only time it could be an issue is when we do interviews. Yeah. But we'll figure it out. We Sounds have a stand good. between us. Sounds good. Yeah. Joe, Joe's still thinking. Joe's still Yeah, it's going to be cozy if we could do an interview and sort of snuggle well, up no, on the couch. Well, no, because we're going to have a couch. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Joe's, Joe's, Joe's come up with a solution. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Joe. We're going lounge, apparently. Yeah. I, I like, I, as long as we've got a view, because I like, we got to get, you said and wrote, people like the weather updates. Actually, John, on, yeah, you, you, people like the weather updates. Okay. John, I dreamt about you last night. Okay. How long have we been doing the show? How long have we been doing the show? 12 years 12 and a half years yeah 12 and a bit 12, 12 yeah nearly 12 and a half and uh, the first time I've dreamt about you I dreamt about right. the show yeah yeah and I, and whatever happened in the show we did something we were crying with laughter we thought we were genius yeah and then afterwards we couldn't remember the ending of the show so oh. it just kept going oh. on and on and we yeah. couldn't remember how the show wrapped up it must have been a Legends one maybe no, no, it was this, yeah, because you, you, I would say the first line and you couldn't remember the second one, yeah. and for the life of me, I couldn't remember the second line either, Damn. so the show went on for hours and hours, and we keep laughing about the thing, Yeah. so there you go, so I'm, you, you're in my mind, John. I'm Russ. I mean, don't. Train hard. Trade smart. Kick car. Got it. Dream. We nailed it. <laughs> right, team, see you next week. <laughs>